If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 today. Um, I want to speak to you. I believe this is really timely for us that you would, as we come and um, to trust in God, to trust in the Lord, no matter what you are going through, is always a big thing. And John chapter 14, Jesus is going to help us out today if we're struggling with this area of trust. And Jesus is speaking in verses one through six, and you've heard this many times or read it many times and probably can quote some of this by heart, but he's talking to his disciples. He says, don't let your hearts be trouble. Now, this is really, really good news for sure for every single one of us, good news. Trust in God, trust also in me. There's more than enough rooms in my father's home. If this were not so, what I've not told you, that I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you don't know him, and you do know him, excuse me, and have seen him. You might not think you know him, but you know what he says, if you really know me, you know who my father is, and, and you do know him now, and you have seen him. So I want to talk to you today on this area of trust, trusting God in each of our lives. Um, how many of you know that the person who has lied to you the most is yourself. Oh, you're going to be like the first service. You're a bunch of liars. <laughs> Let's go back. How many of you know the person who has lied to you the most is yourself? All honesty. There, that's great. See, okay, I feel at home here. That's great. How many of you can be honest enough to say that like you start you know, we start many seasons in our life. We start off the beginning part of the year, you know, a little over a month. We're going to begin the new year again, if the Lord allows us to get there. The beginning of each new year comes with these promises that we make to ourselves. It's going to be different this time. It's going to be different this year. And uh, I'm going to start a diet. I'm going to go to the gym. And this is my year. It's going to be strong. And I'm going to eat right. And two weeks later, you lied to yourself right? That's generally how it happens, right? And I don't know about you, but I disappoint myself over and over and over again, if you ever realize that. But you really, I have this inside of me, this proclivity to keep trusting myself, to keep putting confidence in myself. So when I'm overconfident, it gets me in trouble. I'm sure like it does you. And the reaction to overconfidence then can move me into a place of insecurity. Have you ever found that to be true in your own life? We move into fear, we move into worry amongst the many things, we move into insecurity, and then overconfidence in myself leaves me disappointed, but insecurity and doubt can lead me to the same trouble. It's amazing. And this is really the pendulum we find ourselves in. Like, you can have confidence in your spouse, and that's cool, until the day they disappoint you, now you're riddled with insecurity because the thing that you were so sure of has now left you. Or maybe you try to fill that gap with a position, a title, whatever, a job. When the job is good, seemingly going well, it's like everything is right, perfect, 
this is who I am, but you can lose the job, and insecurity sets in. Some here lie to themselves, and we believe the lie, and we, we believe the lie of this world, and we get seduced by our own successes, and we think, when I get to this certain place in my life, I will really have a feeling of contentment. If I can just make it there to that place, whatever that place is for you, because it's different for everybody, I will have contentment. But can I remind you that contentment is not found in a place, but contentment is found in, the, in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? It's in the person and the work of who Jesus is. What is it today that you keep putting your trust in that keeps leaving you in trouble? And this is where we pick up in John chapter 14. In fact, you have to read chapter 14 in context, moving from 13 to 14 to 15, all the way through to John chapter 16. And it really is Jesus in this context in scripture that he is in the upper room and he is preparing his disciples, his closest followers, for death, his death. It's known as the Passover meal, and there are many lessons. It is there that he washes his disciples' feet. He points out his betrayer. He talks about the comfort of the Holy Spirit that will come and walk with us. And I love how John chapter 14 starts off. Very simple, but I really do believe if you can take this truth in today once again, or maybe you've heard it many times, or maybe it's the first time, that it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. I feel like when I look at the world that we live in, the world feels like there is a lot of trouble. There's a world that is walking in doubt. There's a world that is walking in insecurity, walking in fear. Some of you that have accepted Christ, you've understood that you've been bought by the blood of Jesus. You've walked in here today and you're riddled with fear and worry. And I believe that Jesus gives us and can give you the answer. Don't let your hearts be troubled. In fact, he's commanding us. He even tells us back in Matthew chapter 24, you go into chapter 25, but chapter 24 he was saying, as you see the day approaching and the, the crazy world that we live in, and, and, and that's the beauty of Scripture that we can know and look at God's Word and have great peace because all of these things that he said would happen are happening, he said, before the end would come. And he says, you don't have to have fear. Matthew 24 says, he says, I, you know, I've overcome the world. He says, you don't, you don't have to fear. It sounds like when I do worry, I might be sinning. That ever seemed to be true for you? Because he's talking about direct commands. How many of you know worry doesn't change anything? How many, how many of you are with me today? Worry doesn't change anything. The only thing worry changes is your blood pressure. Yeah, right. Doesn't change anything. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And here is the beautiful thing about the word of the Lord. It gives us the antidote to the trouble, to the problem, to the fear, to the insecurity. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me, he says. What if trust is the remedy to your trouble? What if trusting Jesus is the answer to every one of your problems that you are carrying with you today or you have carried in here with you? What is it you're putting your trust in today? Where are you putting your confidence in today? Trusting in yourself will definitely fail you. How many of you found that to be very true? Trusting in other people that we think will complete us, 
They don't, they only compliment us. They won't satisfy us. We can think it's a number of things, whether it is our money, our successes, what we own, what we have, the title we have, the education, our health, but our health is no match. We need something bigger and we need something deeper. We need a foundation. We need a solid rock and his name is Jesus Christ. You know, um, when you trust someone, you just trust someone, right? Like there's no, um, there's not like five steps to trusting someone, is there? Like one, two, I went through all them, so now I trust you. No, there's not that in our lives. We don't have that. Step one, they do that through two, three, four, five. You know when you trust someone and you know when you don't trust someone. What does it mean to not trust? He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Here's the remedy. Trust in God and trust also in me, Jesus says. And let me try to explain this this way. It's by the way of a man named Charles Blondin and Charles Blondin, was a tightrope walker in the late 1800s. He did many types of attractions and feats and accomplished many different things, but his daredevil type of move was one day, he got a tightrope and he strung it across the gorge of the chasm of the Niagara Falls. And the Niagara Falls is quite a place to behold, a sight. He stretched the tightrope from one side to the other, from Canada to the United States, one big, long tightrope, and he walked out on the tightrope, and crowds of people came to watch Charles Blondin do this amazing thing. He would do all sorts of things. On one occasion, he would go out there, and he had a frying pan, and he made himself breakfast on the tightrope. Wow, that's amazing. You ever tried that before? No, right? But, but one day, he did something that was really unique. One day, he got a wheelbarrow, and he took it out on the tightrope with him. And as he had this wheelbarrow out on the tightrope, he was walking it on the tightrope, just walking it across this great chasm, this great gorge, and he's going back and forth. And he, and he, gets, he gets to the other side, and people are just cheering him on there, yelling, yes, you're amazing, this is incredible. The crowds were so excited for the feat that he had just done, and he said, yeah, you think that's amazing? Come on, you think that's amazing? They're cheering him on. He said, he said, how about if I go to the other side? You want to see me do it? And they said, yes, let's see you do it. He turned around, he went back, and he pushed the wheelbarrow across the tightrope all the way across to the other side of the chasm. People are cheering. And then Charles Blondin, he asked a simple question. Who's willing to get into the wheelbarrow and go back with me? And it grew quiet. And here lies maybe a simple but maybe a different definition of what trust is. Trust is different than belief. Believe in God. That's one thing. But trust in God is I'm willing to get into the wheelbarrow and I'm willing to get on the tightrope, and I'm willing to go to the other side with Jesus Christ. I'm wanting to live my life from the wheelbarrow, trusting Jesus every single step of the way. How many of you know that um, trusting Jesus really does just feel like that? 
See, when you're going across, you're going to hear the roar of the waves. You're, you're going to see a lot of things. You're going to hear a lot of things. You're going to get the spray of the water on you. And the rope is teetering back and forth. And you're shaking at times. That's pretty normal. In the good and in the bad, I'm going with Jesus Christ. That really is trusting the Lord and living life in the wheelbarrow with Jesus and who he is. See, trusting is less about knowing and more about going. How many of you are with me today? See, we need to get that. See, because if your faith is so neatly packaged, I'm not really sure you're living the life God's called you to live. That there's not times you are shaking. Some of you look at that, well, that's fear-based. No, it's not. I believe David, he was shaken in his sandals before he let go of the rock that took out the giant but his trust was still in the Lord. And we think sometimes that lacks faith, but all of these things are going on around us and near us, and we're shaking at times, but that trusting is less about knowing and more about the going. It is in the unknown that God will always make himself known. Some of you that are here, God has spoken so many times in what you're supposed to do but you're trying to figure out how you're going to do it. You need to understand that, that God always gives you the what before he gives you the how. How many of you found that to be true in your life? That the how is getting the wheelbarrow. Trust that he will take you to the other side. That is really another thing for sure. See, and we all want it packaged that way. I know in my life, wow, stepping out, wow, this doesn't feel too comfortable here because I'm really stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm going across. I'm trusting you, Lord. This is kind of crazy. And sure, there's a lot of knowing I would have liked to had on the front end, but we do not get that most of the time in our walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. Like we know scripture tells us if Jesus is for you, who can be against you? Do not let your hearts be troubled today. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Get into the wheelbarrow and trust me. That's what the Lord is saying. Trust me. Do you trust me? See, the only way to find out if God's not trustworthy is to trust him. See, the only way to go find out if God's not trustworthy is to trust him. Some are standing back and looking at, well, I really don't know if I want any part of this thing called God and the faith or whatever, the wheelbarrow. I mean, come on. I mean, God, you got to prove yourself, you know. But, you know, that's the only way to find out if God's not trustworthy is you have to trust him. You have to put yourself out there and believe and trust in who he is. He's never failed anyone, and he will not start with you. John 14 gives us the handles on why I and why you can trust him so here are three thoughts. Know this, the more notes you have, the bigger mansion in heaven you will have for sure. I just want you to make sure you understand that. Don't, I'm, I'm just kidding, that's not true. But, but take notes, because you're gonna need them. The first is three handles that he gives us in verses one through six. The first reason is he gives us a vision. Can you say vision? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust God, trust also in me. I go to prepare a place for you in my father's house are many rooms. What is Jesus doing for the disciples in this portion of scripture? 
What, what is he doing? What, 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 what's going on? Well, listen, the disciples are worried sick. They had so much confidence in Jesus. They saw amazing things happen, the miraculous. Blinded eyes were open. They're going to parties and water is being turned into wine. What? Ain't no party like a Jesus Christ party because of Jesus crowded. Right? Now, Jesus... He's telling, you know, I'm going to die. This is in these, this portion of scripture. This is what's going to happen. So confidence has left him, and so he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. I don't need for you to trust in yourself. I don't need for you to trust in others. I need for you to trust in me. But what does he do? Well, he begins to paint a picture, a vision for them where he is taking them. See, vision produces passion in our lives, even on a day-to-day basis. Vision produces passion. You need a vision for your life. If you are lacking, lacking passion today in your life, you need to go back and rewind and see what the vision is that God has given to you for your life. You need to find that, like each and every one of us should, to know that vision produces passion, and you and I need a vision for our life. When the disciples should be comforting Jesus, Jesus is comforting the disciples. He's the one that's about ready to die, not them. You're going to die? Yeah, but don't worry, it's going to be okay. He begins to paint a vision for them. He doesn't give them a temporary perspective. He gives them an eternal perspective at this point. He chose them. He starts talking about heaven. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. So so regardless of of what we go through, how shaky the tightrope gets that you and I are not living for right now, you and I are living for something far greater in the future. I know Jesus is preparing something for me. And you look at this and you think, wow, here you have the cosmic carpenter that is at work in heaven right now for you and I. He's a, think of how great of an earthly carpenter Jesus was. Now he's the, he's the cosmic carpenter. He is in heaven. He said, I have gone to prepare a place for you. Could you imagine what heaven is going to look like with a carpenter like that? It's going to be amazing. Amen? And so he is preparing this place, and he's giving them a vision in these scripture verses. He's giving them this eternal perspective. He gives them a picture of the future so that they can endure the pain of the present. So he provides for you and me a vision. It's time to get a vision for your life. All your pain has a purpose when you have Jesus. Without Jesus, it doesn't make a bit of sense, and it won't. But your pain has purpose through Jesus Christ. And you think of Charles Blond, and he says, all right, who's getting in the wheelbarrow? Who is going to be the first one that's going to come and get in the wheelbarrow? Because, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take you from this side of the chasm to that side of the chasm, and it's in that moment that he's painting a picture for them to say, hey, we're not staying here. We're going there. Are you willing to go along? Do you trust me enough? And it's these same words that Jesus is saying to us. Do you trust me enough to get into the wheelbarrow and trust me that I am going to get you to the other side of 
the Niagara Falls to the other side where heaven is your home. Do you trust me enough? And that's where God wants us. That's where his desire is for us. So he gives us a vision, but second, he also gives direction. Can you say direction? That's good news, isn't it? Direction. You get a picture of that. You know the way I'm going. And Thomas goes, no, we don't. I mean, this is such, I love scripture. I mean, when, it, when it, you hear this and you see, no, Lord, we have no idea what you're talking about. How can we know? We've never been there. You're talking in parables. You could imagine the disciples, man, they're getting pumped up around him. Yeah, man, this is, this is great. You ever been in a room full of faith and people are clapping and praising the Lord? You're like, wow, this sounds good, but I don't have any idea what they're talking about. You ever had that happen to you? Yeah. How many of you are thankful that Thomas is in the text? I mean, I am. I'm thankful that Thomas is in the Bible and that he's one of Jesus' disciples. And then they've chosen, John chose to write this down for us. The Bible doesn't skip over humanity. God still works with doubters. Can I hear an amen? So God will work with you. Jesus is not intimidated with our questions. Jesus responds, you do know the way. Thomas says, no, 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 Lord, we don't know the way. I mean, what's going on? I can't even even understand you. No, you do know the way. I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. The Message Bible says, I am the road on which you can travel. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life for you. So look at this. As Jesus is, is cutting away other lines of thinking that are out there that are still prevalent in the day that we live in, think of this as a process of elimination that Jesus is giving not only to the disciples, but to us right here in 2017, that he is working, saying process of elimination because we live in a world like he lived in the same world, like there are many ways to get to heaven, right? I mean, if you believe the spirit's in that tree, the spirit's in that tree, go get that thing a big hug, baby. You know, I mean, we just got, there's just some crazy thinking that, man, you know, I've heard this, that there's just many ways to get to God, right? I mean, there's many people you can trust in and you can still get to God. No, Jesus comes and he's giving clear-cut direction in these verses like he always does. He's cutting out other lines of thinking like the many ways to get to heaven. No, 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 no. And many people look at Jesus, they label him, they label Christians, oh, wow, that's exclusivity. You know, you've got an exclusive little group that's going on there, don't you? No, no, is, is he being exclusive or is Jesus being specific? He is being absolutely specific. He is giving directions. I don't know about you, but if I'm getting directions from somebody, and this means life or death, I want them to be absolutely crystal clear. Amen? And that is what Jesus is doing right here. There's no qualms about it. There's other lines of thinking that are out there, just like in the day and age we live. But Jesus said, this is how you are going to make it. This is how you're going to get there and make it to the other side. He is crystal clear specific. God wants you so desperately to get to his house that he gives us specific directions to get there. And the directions are a person. He says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and he wants us to make it to 
his house that he is building for us. His, I will push you. I will, I will lead you. I will be the one that will direct you. I am the road. Travel over me. Listen, if your greatest moment, of, if, if, in your greatest moment of trouble, he wants to give us a vision. Like get in the wheelbarrow. I'm going to give you a vision. He gives me a vision. He gives me direction. you got to understand that. It, it's kind of crazy. He, he Third, he's a constant companion. Can you say constant companion? I mean, Jesus is with us. And I mean, you know, if we choose to trust him, oh, yeah, there's, there's crazy stuff going all the way around us. I mean, we can hear the roar of the waves. We can... We're going to get the water on us. We're going to get splashed upon us. It's going to teeter sometimes. But what are we going to do inside of our lives? Are we going to trust him? Are we going to get inside the wheelbarrow? Are we going to bail on the Lord? Knowing that all this crazy stuff is still going on around us. The storms are still going on. The waves are still raging. But are we going to trust in him to get us to the other side? He is a constant companion to us. And the word says this and talks about this over and over again. Do not let your hearts be troubled. What these disciples did not know was somebody had to die. Somebody had to pay the price for their sin and ours. Is it us or Jesus? How many of you know trust is developed in trouble? You know that? Trust rarely is developed when everything is going great. But trust is developed in the times of trouble in our lives. It's there that God is doing a work. This is the best news ever. Jesus was getting ready to exchange places with them. I'm going to walk with you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Hey, I'm not gonna leave you on your own. I'm gonna be right there with you every step of the way. And what we need to know is, is we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords pushing the wheelbarrow, and we choose whether we're going to get in. You know, your confidence, yeah, it's not in the wheelbarrow. It doesn't matter, you know, so much that. He's a constant companion. No matter what vehicle he puts me in, who is pushing us is what matters. He will get you to the other side, but you've got to trust him today. You've got to trust him in your trouble, don't, 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 don't be troubled, Jesus said. Don't be troubled because I'm going to the cross to pay for your sin. Death, death should come over you. He's talking a Passover meal. Death should come over you. Yeah, if we got what we deserve, we would be dead. But he said, listen, in this, the death angel will pass over you. It will pass over you, so you're not going to get what you deserve, but I'm going to take it upon me, and, and, and it should happen, but I'm going to take the blow of sin, and I'm going to provide you with eternal life. And one of the most memorable stories of the tsunami of 2004, we know how devastating this was. It was about a woman and her family, her husband and two children, who were vacationing on that day when they realized there was danger. People were panicked. They didn't know what to do or where to go. They began to move with the crowd when she and her husband saw a young native man beckoning them to follow him. The choice was at that moment, follow the crowd or follow this young man. 
And it was crucial. It was a life-determining decision. What should they do? And she said quickly to her husband, whatever you decide, we will all do. We will live or die together. In that moment, he decided to follow the young native man and the young man led them to higher ground and they lived. See, there is a, this great last picture. Not only do we get vision, direction, we have the constant companionship of who God is. And he knows how to get us to higher ground. He puts a vision in our heart. Not only that, but he gets, gives us directions that you can know without a shadow of a doubt where your eternal destiny will be. And he gives us the opportunity. He gives us the opportunity. It saddens me because there's a lot of believers, and you may be here today, and you may be one of those believers that really believes there's many different ways that you can get to heaven or get to God. And I wanna tell you and I wanna warn you today, that is a path that's led for destruction. There are churches that are not preaching about heaven and hell anymore. You think that's crazy. It, there are some. They're leaving it out of their stories. They're leaving it out of their context because they want an easy gospel. They don't want to offend people. But let me tell you something. There is only one way. There is only one way to get to heaven. And that is through Jesus Christ. There is only one way that you can get through the trouble that you are in today, and it is through Jesus Christ. There's only one way. Will you choose to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight? Will you do that today? So these words come to us today in a world that is filled with trouble. Maybe your life is riddled with trouble today, whether you sit here today, whether you sit at home. And the scripture tells us, do not let your hearts be troubled. I don't know about you, but that's very comforting to me. That I don't have to be troubled today, but I can come and trust in him. And his work inside of me is greater. Do not worry. Do not fear. What is your confidence in today? What is your trust in today? So the remedy, the antidote to fear and the worry and whatever it may be and whatever is going on is inside of a person, Jesus Christ. And his presence is with us because even though he's gone on ahead of us, he said, I've left you another comforter, the work of the Holy Spirit that continues to be our constant companion while we walk this earth every single day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the words of truth and the words of life today that overwhelm us, that you tell us in John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. 
I speak to every bit of trouble here today. Whether it's the death of a loved one, the sickness of a loved one, whether it's sickness in our own bodies, whether it's fear or worry, our troublesome past, the torment of the enemy that would try to come and rob us and steal us from your overwhelming supernatural peace. Lord, you tell us to not be troubled, but to trust in you, trust in God, that you are preparing a place for us in heaven. And Lord, even though we struggle with doubt sometimes, that's very real, even like Thomas. And Lord, you come back and you tell us, you are the road, you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. And no one gets to your Father without coming through you. Every road comes through you to get to heaven. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your truth that dispels the lies of the enemy. There are not many ways to get to heaven. There is one way, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the vision. Thank you for the direction. Thank you for your constant companionship today. We pray this in your mighty name. And all of God's people said, amen.